Any views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of WSIC. All systems are a go. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats. Taking care of Iredell with North Carolina State Representative Jeff McNeely is about to begin in five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, Iredell County. Hope everybody's doing well this morning. That's a nice day out there. It's a little chilly, but other than that, looks good. Once again, it looks like it's going to be dry. Uh, we need some rain, folks, and we need it bad. Uh, pastures are just burn up. The small grain can't hardly get planted in the ground because there's just no moisture to bring it out. If it does, it's just going to wilt right there on the spot. So let's hope. Let's hope the Lord sends us some rain. Pray for it, folks. Pray for it. I've been. Uh, got a good show today. Got uh, Representative Destin Hall. Uh, going to come on. He's a representative up in Caldwell. He's also our rules chair in the North Carolina House. And right now, he looks like he's the favorite to become the next speaker of the House in North Carolina. So we're going to talk to Destin today and just see what all's going on in his life and what the future looks like. Uh, just uh, celebrated uh, Veterans Day. Uh, we honor those who served this country so violently. Thank you so much for your service, men and women out there that are listening. Uh, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, 1918, was Armistice Day. And then in the 50s, it was changed to uh, celebrate or, or honor, I should say, uh, all veterans since World War II had passed and we were into Korea. So uh, we, we look at November the 11th every year as a, a time to reflect and to thank those who have kept us free. Uh, I always say the land of the free because of the brave. Uh, and we've done a lot of things for veterans in North Carolina, best we could. A lot of it's a federal programs, but, you know, we've actually are not taxing North Carolina military pensions with the uh, North Carolina income tax. Also, we've set up a veterans court, which I think is real important here in Iredell County. Uh, those veterans suffering with different ailments, maybe PTSD or, or different things, and also that includes police training to help when you come into a situation where there may be a veteran and he's having some, uh, some issues, we'll say, especially on the mental side. So that's great that we have a separate court that kind of understands what we're going through here with our veterans. And, and you know, in this past budget, helped get $6 million for veteran housing down in Mooresville and, and other th projects for veterans in the area. So uh, always trying to be involved as we can with our veterans and uh, trying to do all I can at, from a state level uh, to support because, uh, like I said, uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I can read and write and, and uh, I thank a teacher for that, but I can read and write and speak in English and, and I think a veteran for that so uh, uh moving on uh, on some other news uh got tim moore that's our representative and current speaker right now and hey if anybody would like to call in and talk about any of these things or whatever's on your mind 704-873-1400 love to hear from you i always like to hear from my people see what's going on in their lives and what they feel about but tim moore is running for congress in the 14th district now that's a new district felt uh actually right now um, it's just been in uh, for uh, uh, basically the last two years, this last term, we, we grew in North Carolina. And Jeff Jackson, who's a Democrat, has been serving in there. But he's chosen not to run. He thinks that the district doesn't favor him uh, like it should. So he's now running for attorney general. 
uh, against basically Dan Bishop. There may be a few more, but in my opinion, Dan's the leader on the Republican side. And and Dan, I saw the other day in a tweet, said he welcomed the TikTok famous Jeff Jackson to the race and uh, was ready to go toe-to-toe and see what we could see here. This should be, a, a Attorney General should be an interesting race. And Tim Moore should be. And it looks like, um, I think Pat Herring, Herringen, Herringen, I think I'm pronouncing that right, I hope. Uh, is is going to run again also, and Pat's a, a veteran, no political experience, but uh, seems to be a good guy, and and you know we we always like our veterans. Uh, running against him, he did not beat Jeff Jackson the last time. I don't know if y'all remember, but this was the one where the uh, Jeff Jackson's campaign actually showed uh, where Pat's parents lived on the lake and tried to claim him, and somebody crazily shot into their house. So, folks, really. Uh, and at that time, I think Pat's children, uh, the grandchildren, there were there at the house, and uh, so just you know that was kind of a, a sad claim to fame there. How crazy people are! So it should be an interesting primary. I, I will speak to Tim Moore. I do know him. I do not know uh, Pat Herringen, uh, but Tim has done a great job for us in the North Carolina House as our speaker. Uh, we have continued to be able to prosper and do well as far as economics in North Carolina with with his leadership. Um, continually giving raises to state employees and to teachers every chance we could other than when Roy Cooper vetoed our raises for them. That's 6%. I guess they'll have to catch up on sometime. Uh, always remember that. But Tim's done a great job for us, and uh, I think he'd do an awesome job in uh, U.S. Congress, being the congressman for the 14th District. Cleveland County's kind of maybe centered of it. It does bring in a little bit of some of the other counties down there. Gaston, I think. Uh, I'm trying to think all the different ones in there. Um, but uh, it skirts right up to the 14th, which is, uh, excuse me, the 10th, which is our district, uh, Patrick McHenry. So it's the 14th. So uh, Tim will probably be making his way around the state and all over the place uh, as he starts this campaign, and I pray you support him with your prayers, but also, if you can, support him financially. It costs a lot of money to run for the U.S. House, so make sure you do that. Now on to some interesting news. Uh, I got a break here at about 2.50, so this will take a little bit, or at 11.15, got about two hours, two minutes or so. Get my numbers right here. Uh, Beth Woods. Our state auditor is stepping down in December. Uh, Beth uh, came before us uh, on the Government Operations Committee here a couple weeks ago, and uh, she had done a lot of work on uh, trying to see where our shortfalls were over the Employee Security uh, Commission, the people that actually do your unemployment. Uh, and they've been through a lot, and I'll give them that. They were completely unprepared for the governor to shut down, even though he controls that because it runs through the uh, Commerce Department. It's like he is left-handed until his right hand or what they were doing or vice versa, either way. Uh, and But that was not just the first. Uh, for about the last 10 years or more, they have not met the com- the standard compliance it takes to f- get applications processed and the money back out to people in a lot of time that we wish to have. So this wasn't just a COVID thing. It's been ongoing, and, and Miss Woods uh, brought that to everybody's attention. And I don't think a lot of the people in the governor's office really appreciated her that much for doing this. And one thing I will say about Beth Wood, uh, 30 years total service, 15 as auditor would be 16 which if she would fill out her term. Um, 
She didn't care if you had an R or a D beside your name. She cared about the state's money. And I'll give her that. I'll give her that. And uh, one of the few times uh, you'll hear me probably brag on, on somebody from the other side, but I believe she did a quality job. Uh, Beth ran into a little bit of issue about a year ago, uh, had a, a run-in in a parking lot uh, and crashed her car into another car, and it was a state vehicle, and, and she got in a little bit of trouble with that, and the uh, court system handled it. Uh, she did the best she could with it. Like I said, I know we all make mistakes. We all hope we live and learn from them. But it was kind of funny. Uh, I think the word had gotten out that she was not going to run again, and so... Uh, the SBI decided to do some investigating. And uh, so kind of odd that they would go after the state auditor, but they basically wanted to see what she did with the car uh, when she was out and about. And we'll finish this little talk when we come back from break. So stay tuned if you want to hear about it. All right, back here for the... Middle part of the show, I guess, till we go to our break here at 1130, so we got a little bit of time. Getting back into it, I was talking a little bit before this about our state auditor, uh, Ms. Beth Woods. Uh, like I said, so the SBI decided that he needed to investigate, see what all Beth has been up to with a state car. And the findings were that the grand jury brought back an indictment against her. And basically, it was for the misuse of the state car because she took it to the grocery store and she took it to uh, hair appointments and nail appointments, which a woman's got to do. And also, she used it for uh, going to the spa, they say. Uh, a couple other things they brought out, just basically using it for personal use. Well... I don't know if that's enough for any kind of real indictment, but evidently the SBI felt so, and so did some judges in Wake County. And so that's what they're doing now. They're bringing a grand jury indictment against her for misuse of state vehicle, and I'm sure they'll bring up her collision in the parking lot. But uh, to me, this screams uh, witch hunt up one side and down the other. And I guess my question is, just looking from the outside in, uh, with Beth not wanting to run again, uh, did the powers that be, especially on the Democratic side, and understand SBI falls under our Attorney General, Josh Stein, who's running for governor. Uh, also, uh, like I said, you got Roy Cooper, our governor, and they would like to make sure that somebody with a D beside their name remains at state auditor. Understand how important state auditor is. Not only does it go and check and make sure that we're spending our money correctly in our different departments and our different divisions and all that, but also when it comes time on certifying elections, the state auditor's office will be the one that will make sure the recount is done right. So it will be up to the attorney general, basically, to to call for these issues with a, an election if there's an issue. So the Secretary of State to certify after the Board of Elections already puts their certification out and the state alter, uh, auditor to verify. So it just so happens, uh, you know, Republicans control many, many different uh, offices of the C uh, Council of State, but the three they do not control, Attorney General, Secretary of State, and Auditor, all fall under the Democrats right now. And those are the ones that actually guarantee election integrity. Hmm. 
important position, correct? Now you see where I'm heading? So by forcing Miss Beth Woods possibly to step down because of this indictment brought against her for going and using the state car to get her hair done and her nails, um, this will allow Roy Cooper, uh, Democrat Party, to go ahead and appoint somebody else to take her place, which always gives you a leg up a little bit in an election if you're an incumbent or you're already in the office position. This lets people get familiar with you and see and judge how you're going to do the job instead of coming in completely cold. My, that's awful handy too, isn't it? Uh, you know, like I said, she went after the uh, this security or the uh, different ones, and she's gone after many, including taking a look at the SBI a few years ago, but she's checked out everybody, and it hasn't always been favorable to the executive branch when she's done this, and like I said, made a, a little joke with her, uh, the other day when she came before GovOps, that when she pulls into the parking lot, I'm sure everybody gets nervous for a couple reasons. You know, think about that. But uh, this is one here that's uh, going to be real interesting, real interesting to see how this goes. So uh, we'll just hope and pray that uh, it's all figured out. But I do thank Beth Woods for her service to our state. To me, I feel like she has done an exemplary job and not made it political, but made it where it's about the money. And that's how the state auditor's job will be. And as a good guy running who has CPA experience, a man that I know, Jack Clark, and I think he would do an excellent job. And I'll try to have Jack on the show. He's one of the ones on the Republican side that is a CPA. So actually does have auditing experience. I think that's important. All right. Going to switch gears just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, kind of funny on climate change, and and you know I think a lot of people think that I, you know, a climate change doubter. Well, I have questions. I hope all of us have questions. I hope we don't all just take everything that's fed to us for granted. That we ask why and we ask what, and ask the serious questions. So now it's kind of interesting. Norway, who's always kind of been on the lead, you know, Miss Greta. Uh, from over in the Netherlands and in that area. So Norway's statistical agency has published a paper stating that evidence of warming is not evidence of what causes warming. The question is, does human CO2, carbon dioxide, cause global warming? And believe me now, the leaders in climate change have lost their mind over Norway coming out with this publication. Uh, this is kind of interesting here, and it starts out, it says, uh, basically when Norway coming out, it said the same week brought forth a new study from one of the most variable of climate warriors, former NASA scientist James Hansen, whose own brand of discourse throws the climate crowd into a tizzy of cognizant dishonescence. Dis uh, that's a big word, isn't it? I think it means it really messed them up, folks. Warming will be worse, his paper predicts, for an ironic reason. It says here, our success in reducing particle exhaust from vehicles and power sources has reduced the atmospheric aerosols that slow warming. So because of our effort to reduce carbon dioxide, there's less particles in the air 
and that has slowed global warming. You can't make this stuff up. You really can't, no matter what you do. Mr. Hansen champions nuclear power, which remains uh, anathemic to many Greens, and research into using aerosol artificially to cool the planet. So he's actually wanting to reintroduce certain aerosols to cool the planet. Um, even more, uh, I mean, this just goes on and on. Even more anathemic, since it doesn't involve a giant convulsion of green socialism. So there you go. That's going to totally blow their thing up. This is not an easy article to read. I think they made it difficult so that a lot of laymen just couldn't pick it up. But you can bet most of his argument will be ignored, except the part about faster warming. Hmm. So they will listen to there's faster warming. They won't tell it's because we've done a better job of taking the CO2 out. Um, so you can bet they'll ignore that except for the part of the government since it can be used to bludgeon any denier who might be handy. As long as we're noting ironies, much of the abuse of the Norwegian authors comes from their fellow Norwegians whose pretense of green virtue is funded by the country, being per capita one of the biggest exporters of oil and gas the world has ever known. So the Norwegians are one of the largest exporters of products that cause CO2, but they love to do climate research to show the rest of us how we need to straighten up. Ha! We'll take a call. Looks like we got one time for just about one in about three minutes. See who we got. Hey, we got about three minutes. This is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? Hey, Jeff. This is Johnny. Hey, Johnny. How uh, you doing? I'm gonna, fine. I'm going to drag you off the uh, subject just for a minute. That's cool. Um, we'll talk about whatever. I'm a, I'm a, a veteran from the Vietnam era. Thank you for your service, like sir. Express, I'd like to express my thanks to all the businesses uh, who provided uh, appreciation and free meals and so forth yes. this past Saturday for the best. Yep, yep. I know Sharks Cafe out there did free breakfast, and I went out there just, uh, just to see veterans, but also to meet a guy I didn't realize it was all going on. There was a heck of a crowd, heck of a crowd, so good for them. I, I started out at IHOP and hit um, – Little Caesars and um, Chick-fil-A, Sheets, um, Logan Steakhouse. Wow. Uh, I, 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 was a, I was a full happy customer that day. <laughs> and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of veterans we have, sadly, have food insecurity issues. So I hope they had transportation some way or another where, you know, that day maybe we actually got their – Got their appetite satisfied, you know, because I'm sure some days there's some that, that go hungry. And that's sad. That should never happen in this country. That's one thing that should never happen, seeing our veterans not have housing, not have food, and have any kind of issues like that. So thank you for your service again. Okay, Jeff. I appreciate your service to us also. Well, I thank you, sir. Like I said, I'm just trying to do my part. The Lord calls on all of us to do it, but y'all did a great lift, and I sure do appreciate you. Okay. Lord bless you, brother. Yeah, you too. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. 
yeah, uh, it's so great of the businesses out there that participated and and uh, had veterans free meals and different discounts and stuff. I, you know, like I said, I, I think we need to show that as a community. Uh, very important. Uh, just real quick, trying to finish up. Got about a minute for my guests are going to call in here at the middle part of the show. Kind of kind of crazy to see this come out of Norway. Uh, has the green back finally been broken? Maybe uh, we will see. Uh, but anybody that comes out with any kind of research, uh, they're obviously quickly shouted out, shout down, shut down, whatever it is, to make sure that you know it doesn't get any farther. This is an initiative. This is an agenda that they're going to continue to push, and it's money leaving our economy, and it puts a hurting on all, everybody, and it's going to bring about more inflation because cost of goods are going to cost more. And I'm not saying we can't do a better job with our environment. We can always do a better job. I know on the agriculture side, we're constantly looking at ways to be in conservation and to save our, our planet. So let's all try to do that. But we need to use some sense in this, too, and make sure we're not being beguiled. All right, hang tight. Destin Hall coming. Going to be a great talk. See you soon. All right, back here for the middle part of the show, uh, waiting on our, our guest to call in. He might be a little bit delayed. He, he actually, he's a very good lawyer up in Caldwell County, uh, does a lot of, I think, family uh, law practice and whatnot, divorce and child custody and stuff like that. So he's, he's actually saying right in front of the judge now, but we'll step out. So I've shot him the number. So we'll wait on Destin Hall, Representative Destin Hall from Caldwell County. He's going to call us soon. Got another thing I can bring up and talk about because I think it's kind of playing along the same line. And uh, right there, the FBI uh, this past uh, week, or uh, I think it was Friday, took the phones and iPads from New York City Mayor Eric Adams. As part of a probe uh, that they're doing uh, into corruption into his political campaign for when he ran for mayor of New York City. Now, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, uh, maybe many of y'all don't know because a lot of people, New York City doesn't really mean much to you, and I get it. But um, actually, ex-New uh, York City police officer, I'm not sure how far up the ranks he was, but I think he was fairly far up because I think he'd served for quite a while. So a veteran officer actually has done fairly good uh, as being the New York City mayor and has helped improve the crime situation. Still has a liberal DA to work against, so they're letting them out by as fast as they catch them, but the morale, I understand, has picked up. But they're going after him. They're saying some Turkish nationals maybe have gave money to his mayor campaign through what they call straw uh, donors, which is basically just funneling it through somebody else, something else, fictitiously. I find it odd that the FBI is really this concerned about the New York City mayor, other than he's actually causing some conflict with inside the uh, Democratic Party in the city of New York and Nassau County and the boroughs and whatnot by uh, trying to actually improve the life and the situation. But, you know, that doesn't go along with defunding the police and and all these other things that seem to, uh, you know, letting them out, uh, basically, if there's any kind of drug issues, just walk free or any, anything else. You know, they're letting them basically out in California still, I think, up to 
$100,000 worth of stuff where they'll even call it a felony if they go and break into a store and, you know, loot it like they have. And then New York City's kind of got this going, but they don't come out and make a law. They just kind of let them off the hook. And so he's really done a good job of trying to keep the morale up. So I kind of feel like maybe they decided to go after him, too. So you got a lot of different people weaponizing different things to come after people, possibly. That's just the way I'm seeing it. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I do know this. Uh, uh, he has done a good job, and uh, I'll be curious to see. I mean, once again, this maybe to me looks more like a little bit of a witch hunt. So this is actually somebody from the other side that, that seems to be, you know, have done well uh, in improving the situation, and so now let's get rid of them. You know, much like Beth Wood has done, has a great has been a great auditor. Once they saw there wasn't much use for her no more, I feel like they've kind of gone after her. That's just Jeff McNeely's opinion. I could be completely wrong, so I don't know. We'll see how this works out. I believe we got our guest calling in now. All right, sounds good. Let's see if we can take him. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Is this Representative Destin Hall? Uh, it's me, Jeff. Uh, sorry if I'm just getting on. I'm doing my other job a little bit. Jeff. Well, you know, I tell you what, uh, I think your pay is about like mine. You might make a little bit more as rule chair, but that that fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars, it's hard to buy. Uh, do the cost of living in Raleigh, North Carolina, and and in Caldwell at the same time. I can tell you that. No doubt, we we have to supplement that uh, that fourteen thousand dollar year legislative salary with another job. Uh, but but it's an honor to serve. It's a labor of yep. love, of course. And, uh, nobody's there for the money. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. And and I know, like I said, uh, coming up here pretty soon. Is it what is it? December the sixteenth. When's your when's your wedding coming? December sixteenth. Sixteenth. That's what I thought. December sixteenth. You'll be a married man. So I can guarantee you, you're going to need to make more money real quick right then. <laughs> I'm just telling. That's right. Just telling. I will. I appreciate that. Good advice. Yep. Uh, it, 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 like I said, uh, the, uh, my, I've told my wife, you know, to try to curve back on this $14,000 a year salary to her spending. That, that ain't happened yet. So keep working. <laughs> keep working. But, hey, all right, I got you on the line. And I know a lot of people have heard you come on my show. You, I've had you on a couple of different times. You've always done a great job. Tell us real quick, who is Destin Hall, in case somebody out there listening never heard of Destin Hall, because they're getting ready to hear a lot about Destin Hall. Uh, well, well, I appreciate it, my friend. And first, let me say just thank you for having me on. I know I've been on a few times before and appreciate all the great work that you do for Iredell County. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 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 you, 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 you do uh, tremendous work there, and the folks there, uh, they know it. But uh, I'm always glad to remind them of that. But I, I'm from just down the road, of course, from uh, you all. I'm in Caldwell County, uh, born and raised in Lenore, uh, I went to App State for undergrad, Wake Forest for Law School, practiced law down in Charlotte for a while before I moved back home to Lenore, and uh, now I, I practice here in uh, Caldwell County, mainly Caldwell, Burke, and Catawba. I've uh, been in the State House since, uh, won the first time in 2016, so sworn in in 2017, and I've been the, the rules chair for the past, I don't know, three or four years or so, um, uh, and, and it looks like if... Uh, you know, Speaker Moore, uh, whenever he leaves, uh, that uh, I'm running, of course, for, for uh, Speaker of the House whenever he leaves. And 
feel pretty good about those chances right now. Well, and I do too, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. Now, you, like I said, a single man getting ready to get married here in about, oh, I guess about a month. It's going to be here yep. before you know it, so so going to have a new bride there, and and congratulations on that forthcoming. Uh, you know, being rule share, you know, I watch you, uh, y'all. I've watched Destin, and he, he's on a rocket, y'all. He's he's taking off. Uh, he, he, you know, getting have not been there long, but very very bright young man, uh, very astute. Uh, just just took this job and 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 just done wonderful just amazing as rules chair and, and i think a lot of people out there don't really understand what rules chairs is you know they don't get it but folks nothing gets through the house unless it goes through this committee to make it to the floor to become a law this is where it happens destin hall sits there and watches it all and like I said uh, i guess the old saying judges the quick and the dead and so and and, and then you have a counterpart you got to you got to try to work with on the other side in the senate and bill rabin and we've had him on here and, and that's an interesting dynamic uh, are, are y'all uh, this week are you and bill good or was that last week and this week not so much who knows well, I tell you what, Bill and I are—we're always good. Uh, sometimes some of our fellow members are not, and uh, you know it, it's a—it's a process that takes a team there at General Assembly. I've enjoyed being rules chair, but you know there are literally thousands of bills filed every session, as you know, Jeff, and very few of them actually become law. Um, only a, you know a few of them pass from one chamber to the other. Even fewer uh, end up passing in the other chamber, and even fewer than that, of course, end up becoming law. So, you know, we review those bills, got a good team of folks uh, in the office and and work with the Speaker's office pretty closely uh, so that when a a bill ultimately does get to the Rules Committee, it's already gone through a bunch of policy committees. It's been vetted. When it gets to rules, we pretty much looked at it and decided it's time to go. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. We're going to push it all through get it on the House floor and uh, pass it over to the Senate. And that's when uh, my friend Senator Raven and I start uh, to have discussions. And, uh, you know, we've generally been able to get a lot of things done together. And I think we'll, we'll continue to be able to do that. Well, you know, whenever I took this job owning a feed mill, I just knew I was going to really make a lot of extra money because everybody told me about all the horse trading that goes on down there at the General Assembly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, Anytime you walk out in the hallway, everybody's got a bill that they want to get heard, uh, they're hearing from their constituents back home about. And so, you know, what I do, what I look at as rules chair is I know that every uh, bill that a member files is important to them. You know, it may not always be a statewide issue. It may be something that is just particularly important to them. And I try to always respect that because, you know, again, it, it takes uh, a, a group of folks down there to make sure we're passing the, the right laws. And you can't be an expert on everything. You've got to be able to rely on some folks who are expert in certain policy areas. And, you know, the, the result is you, you wind up with some good legislation. But I always try to remember, you know, no matter what party they're in, no matter what the bill's about, they filed this because it's important to them. And so, you know, I'm going to give it due consideration and give them a good shot. And, you know, sometimes it's something that, you know, we're just not going to hear, uh, you know, if, if it's uh, just because we just have a, a disagreement on the policy, and, and that's fine. But we do that in a respectful way. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, we try to push the good, the good bills on through. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm working on bills and, and sending them, it, it, when you get one passed, uh, it, it's it's a glorious day. Uh, I think there was probably about 16, 1,700 bills total between the Senate and the House this year, and, and that went from one side to the other or in progress or filed or whatever. And I think about 150 or maybe a little less made it, so you're looking at about 10%. But you know, I, I, and and some of them are mine that didn't make it, and, but 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 that's not a bad thing. I, we've got a lot of bills, a lot of laws on the books. I always say maybe we just need to work on making sure we en, enforce those and and make make those work. We don't always need a whole lot more. Not that they're not good ideas, but just saying. So, like I said, when one finally does get through, I feel like it's vetted from one end to the other, and it's quality. And so that's important. Yeah. We don't we don't want to overregulate. We don't want to over legislate our people. We want them to have the freedom that they have. So uh, yeah. I, I think as rules chair, I think you've done an awesome job. We got to take a break here at eleven forty five for about a minute and then come back. So we'll just hee haw here for just a little bit and then go to that and then come back and talk about you know some of the things that's happened where it looks like. This speaker's job is lining up for you, and and, and so we want to. I want to bring that up here in a second, but just want to say that you've done an excellent job as rules chair. Always been good to me, helped me and stuff. And 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 you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that you you look at bills and and you help us fix them, even when they get all the way up to the rules chair. You help us fix them, and, and that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate the kind words. You just hold tight. We're going to go take a break here for a second, and we'll be right back. And then we're going to talk about some of the things that fell in place that make things look very interesting and bright for North Carolina future. Hold tight, Destin. We'll be right back to you. All right, we're back here with Representative Destin Hall. We're going to get him back up here. Is he ready to go? Destin, are you still with us? I'm here. Oh, cool. All right. Sorry about that. we got to pay bills around here, so we have to take these daggum breaks. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and break into another conversation. Uh, you've done a great job as rules chair. Uh, you know, uh, Tim Moore decided that uh, now uh, we weren't sure what he was going to do, but now he is running for the 14th Congressional District, and I think Tim will do a great job. Longest-serving speaker, I think. Didn't he set the record, I think, because we had uh, uh, 10 years, five yep. terms. and So done a great job for us. Big shoes to feel. Um, you announced that you uh, had intentions to seek the speakership, and and then uh, uh, a good friend of yours and a good friend of mine, John Bell, who's our majority uh, leader uh, in, in the Republican House Caucus, he also uh, announced that uh, he was wanting to seek the speakership, but then y'all talked. Uh, tell us a little bit. I know I call it upper management. Uh, upper management kind of got together. So just tell us a little bit about what all went on there and, and, and where we're at now. Well, you know, the first thing I'll say is, you know, well, Jeff, you know, we're all friends in our caucus and, uh, and John and I are no different. You know, he and I are, are actually close friends. We think a lot of each other, have a lot of respect for one another. And, you know, when, when we found out for sure that Tim was going to leave and, and go on, uh, we, we think maybe to Congress, but he's not coming back to, be Speaker of the House, you know, he and I, John and I both had a decision to make. Um, you know, I think we both heard from members of the caucus who wanted us to run. So, you know, we got into the race and we talked to our caucus. We talked to various folks and we ran that race for a while. And, you know, eventually, you know, he and I just 
uh, kind of looked at each other and said, you know, let's let's talk this through and, and see. Don't forget what your seatmates, folks. They sit beside each yeah. other on the floor, so it, they see each other <laughs> quite a bit. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's right. You know, we we sit beside each other on the floor. We work very closely with one another, with the rules chair and majority leader. And so, you know, we sat down and, you know, we, we didn't want to wind up like we saw in Washington, D.C., oh, yeah. where you know, they had an internal caucus division. We didn't want our caucus to be divided. Look, there's too much at stake in North Carolina right now. Uh, we're fighting the woke left. They're going to send in millions of dollars to this state in uh, from New York and Los Angeles in the 24 election to try to give Democrats majorities of the General Assembly you know, we can't let, uh, you know, a, a race for speaker turn into something that ends up hurting the state uh, by letting Democrats win, essentially. And yeah. so we sat down and we talked and, you know, we looked at our, our personal lives and decided, you know, who, who's sort of, you know, more more well suited there. John has a young child. You know, I, I'm, as we talked about earlier, I'm about to get married. I don't have any kids. So, you know, my schedule is a little bit more open to go across the state and help members. Uh, in their districts. And so, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, we, we talked through it. Uh, and what we came up with is John's going to support me for speaker. And then John will slide over to rules chair, uh, my current job, uh, whenever uh, and, and if the caucus decides to give me that honor uh, to be speaker, John would then would slide over to rules chair. And what it does is it, you know, I think galvanizes our caucus. Uh, it, it really yes. Uh, brings the camps together. It allows us to move forward as one body, uh, one unit, and that's a big deal uh, for our whole caucus because we got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of uh, tough races across the map. We've got to go out and garner that support, and it's going to take us all being on the same team, and, and we are now, and so hopefully that's all behind us. Of course, it's still up to the caucus. They get a vote at the end of the day. It's their it's their decision, but I'm just going to go out and work as hard as I can and, and earn the support uh, of my caucus member. Well, and, and, you know, th- and there may be others that show up to run. We'll see. Who knows? But uh, I, I, th- y'all uh, out there in Radio Land, you, you don't understand. I felt like a rock had got taken off my chest. I'm sure you and John did too, uh, more so. But uh, I, both good friends, y'all are. I consider you and admire both of you. Thank your excellent representatives. Do a wonderful job in our caucus. And and I didn't want to have to make the choice, y'all. I'm just going to be honest with you. I did not want to do it. Uh, so uh, thank goodness this just kind of worked itself out, in my opinion. And, and you know, going forward, we have a plan. Isn't it wonderful to have a plan? I, I, I look at U.S. Congress and Matt Gates, and he had no daggum plan at all. I, I, Kevin McCarthy maybe wasn't a great speaker, but you don't throw everything in chaos just because of that. You work through it, and, and so this this shows that we do have leadership here in North Carolina, and I'm proud of you. Uh, I think and very proud of John. Uh, I know John, you know, he had a desire, but he was able to put his – What's good for the state ahead of his desire, and 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 that's that's a true leader. That's a really true leader. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, you know, it, it's uh, uh, something that, as you said earlier, we're all all friends and a rock taken off of our backs. And you know, he and I being friends, uh, running against other each other, certainly not something uh, we enjoyed. But you know, now again, we're we're moving forward as a team, and uh, you know, he certainly has a bright future in the state house or whatever else he wants to do. 
and uh, I'm going to look forward to continuing to work with him uh, in the years to come. But uh, now we now we move towards trying to go get uh, more Republicans to add to our supermajority in the November 24 election. Exactly, and, and people out there got to understand. Uh, you, you know, we we have a supermajority now, and and it's done miracles. Uh, for the state of North Carolina, in my opinion, we we're saving somewhere they predict between eight and ten thousand babies from being aborted. Uh, over thirty percent, I think it's about thirty-six or seven percent less abortions. Just moving it from uh, twenty weeks down to twelve, uh, we're able to do a great tax package and put let people keep the money in their pockets. Uh, I thought this last budget was an awesome budget. It, it saved money. It, it gave tax cuts, but we also went and helped infrastructure all across the state. Many, many great things. We got about four minutes or so. What is the future of North Carolina in Speaker Destin Hall's eyes? What is it you want to accomplish? Well, you know, look, as as we've said in the call, you know, at the end of the day, our caucus gets to make that final call. But if they see fit uh, to give me the, the honor of their support, you know, I want to continue to focus on the things that Republicans have focused on in this state for the last decade that have made us take off economically and really be the envy of the nation. We're ranked number one in business in the entire country in publication after publication, year after year. And that didn't happen by accident. That happened because of the Republican policies in the General Assembly, lower taxes, uh, doing away with burdensome regulations, having a pro-business and pro-jobs environment. We want to continue to push that. We want to continue to make sure we're lowering taxes, getting rid of regulations. We also want to work to reduce the, the price of health care in our state. And there's a number of ways that we can do that. Uh, and, and work to have uh, a, a, a more cost-effective health care system in North Carolina. We want to continue to raise teacher pay. You know, we've done that year after year, and we want to continue on that track to raise teacher pay. You know, I'd, I'd love to see us uh, at some point get to be the highest or one of the highest in the, the Southeast. And, you know, finally, Jeff, you know, look, there's a uh, what I call the, the woke left mob out there who are trying to pass uh, just extremist left-wing agenda policies. You know, you look at, you know, uh, some of the issues um, across our state. You know, they sheriffs not cooperating with ICE. Uh, You know, again, law enforcement, they're supposed to cooperate. We have sheriffs in our state, unfortunately, who, and very few of them, thankfully, uh, there's only a handful, maybe five, six, seven. Unfortunately, uh, about forty percent of the population though they control. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, you know, the, the, these sheriffs are not cooperating with federal immigration authorities to try to track down um, illegal aliens. Not, not only illegal aliens, but folks who are here committing crimes right. um, and, and violent crimes at times. You know, they're just not working with them um, at all. Uh, you look at the 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 policies of the left that just allow crime to happen in our state. You know, they allow buildings to be burned down. Uh, they don't seem to care about property crimes. You see uh, people be blocking highways and just simply letting them stay there. Uh, as we saw here recently in Durham, just a few exits down from Duke Hospital, where if somebody had an emergency, they would be delayed getting into the hospital, and yet law enforcement just lets these people sit, let them sit in the road. Yeah. And it, the most sad thing that I've seen, Jeff, and I, and I really I still can't believe this, People on the left are supporting uh, the terrorist group uh, Hamas. Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable to me that that's where we are. Uh, you see this on university campuses right here in North Carolina. 
uh, as saw in UNC, the 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 uh, the pro Hamas group put out a, a flyer with the 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 army man on a you know with a, a parachute that they used uh, in the terrorist attack in Israel where they you know maimed and killed innocent people. And and that's what they're out publishing, and that's that's at UNC. That's right here in I North know, Carolina. I know, crazy. You know, crazy. We, we've got to we've got to fight that battle, and we're gonna we're gonna deal with that. But it's just um, you know I, I I thought that I couldn't be any more shocked about some of the crazy things I see from the left. But yeah, th- this latest uh, policy from the left of being pro Hamas terrorist uh, is it takes the cake. I, I truly can't believe it. Israel is the only democracy. In the Middle East, uh, one of our greatest allies, they were attacked. They were attacked. It was terrorism. This 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 is not a uh, a gray area issue. There's no two sides here. Israel is in the right, and the terrorists uh, of Hamas are in the wrong. Yep. I just can't hey, we're here we're at the end of the show. I got to cut you off, but hey, Destin, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. You know I support you. Take care, yes, man. Yes, sir. Thank See you, my friend. All right. Bye-bye. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, I pray for our veterans, and I pray for Destin and Madison and their marriage, and I pray for wisdom for all of us. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Take care. Next week, folks. We'll see you. You've been listening to North Carolina Representative Jeff McNeely. Join Jeff again next Monday morning at 1105 for Taking Care of Iredell on News Talk WSIC.